welcome to the Steelers Edge online training session featuring Chuck Hartley with a workshop exploring the idea of rethinking your parts pricing matrix to maximize profits. Chuck will cover his ideas on building the perfect parts pricing strategies for your customer wholesale and internal sales. Explore the role of price escalators in search of the right balance for price, value, and profits. Chuck Hartley is president of Parts Edge, an advisory firm that specializes in helping auto retailers to utilize their computer system programs to maximize results from the parts department. I'm Mike Bowers with Dealer's Edge. So you can expect to see this more and more within your dealership where you just can't live off that cost plus 67% anymore. So Mike, is there any questions at this particular point? Uh, yeah, we have a couple. Okay. Um, and, and maybe you're, you'll deal with these later, but uh, let me just ask them now. Okay. Uh, well, the one question uh, that came up uh, with one of the recent slides is, are dealers required to follow the manufacturer's pricing recommendations? No, not at all. That's why they call it suggested retail. Uh, so, you know, the the only problem is is that when you're loading parts masters, you know, you end up with these kind of problems where once you load the parts master, if they change their cost and leave the retail the same, and all of a sudden the markup is you know something you know below forty percent here, you know, automatically if you're selling at suggested retail within that group or that source, you know. You find out, as we've sadly found out with a handful of dealerships, next thing you know, Mike, you know, your grosses are going down and you try to discover why, and the reality is the manufacturer has changed their markup percentage on the master tape. But do you have to follow that? No. In fact, I'll cover that a little bit about isolating those kind of parts in a different source and giving them an escalator instead of selling them at suggested retail to at least guarantee yourself a 40% margin. Uh, and we have a question that relates to uh, the, the online availability of parts information, uh, and that is, how do you how do you recommend answering a customer uh, who's who's researched your parts online? Maybe maybe not necessarily your dealership's parts, but you know what a particular part should cost, and then calls and then wants to know why the dealership's price is so much higher. Uh, is there a good answer to that? You know, you know Mike, and that, that's where part of, part of the next session I will go into a little bit about that. But, you know, with, with online pricing now and, and a lot of people out there willing to sell at smaller margins on retail, uh, you know, we've got, we've got more than a handful of dealerships that are out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, typically what we find is still there's the savvy person who will sit in and check you out and test you. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, hey, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. It takes a little bit more to get it. We pay a little bit more in freight. You can come up with some of those, some of those reasons to come close. You know, one of the things that, that we tend to see, and you'll see this, a little bit as we move forward into the explanation of the escalators and the matrix. What we tend to see, Mike, is sometimes the pricing on the high end tends to be way too high. You know, the two areas you're going to get priced on tend to be 
those parts that are a penny to five dollars and we seem to see these exorbitant markups like 250 percent of cost and then on the high end you know anything over a hundred dollars let's just make it list plus 15. that's where you're going to get checked that's where people are going to start looking at it but it needs to be a little bit more subtle and we'll talk about that a little bit and hopefully they'll ask another question going forward as we analyze an escalator. Okay, so, so what you've shown us then is it's not, it's a lot more difficult than just saying, uh, you know, we're gonna charge cost plus X percentage for those parts that, the, that there's more going on here that the parts manager needs to be aware of? You bet. Okay. And in, it, it, until you really evaluate and investigate it, Mike, you know, again, the arbitrary let's, let's bump each escalator category by X amount of dollars, you know, again, thinking that only about, on average, 25% of the parts ever actually get escalated. And, and again, to the point that, that I brought up with the one person's question about, oh, they go online and they check me and we, you know, the dealership tends to be a lot higher in pricing. What we tend to find out is even that 25%, Mike, that's being escalated is being escalated way too much. You know, we've, we've had conversations with, with uh, dealership personnel that, you know, all of a sudden a customer came in to get 10 plastic clips where their cost was 50 cents and the invoice comes out to $25 because the matrix is cost plus 250. And that customer more than likely is gonna go tell a lot of people, man, I got ripped off. I got these 10 stupid plastic clips that should cost me two bucks and it's 25 bucks. And then on the same side, when a part begins to get really expensive at about that $100, $150 mark, you've got to be very careful about how you escalate those high-dollar parts because that's when you get shopped. Okay. Um, on this question of uh, retail, retail for warranty parts, uh, Toyota agreed a few years ago to just stop fighting, and they'll pay retail markups on all warranty parts. In your travels, recently, have you, do you know whether Toyota has adopted the same approach that uh, Subaru and Ford and BMW have? And, you know, they've, they've given in on the retail markup, but they're, at the same time, they're trying to reduce the dealer's retail, trying to reduce the retail markups. Well, uh, Mike, I, I have not looked at Toyota yet, and, and we probably have 10 Toyota dealers, and um, we will end up doing that. You know, we, we've okay. done the three. Um, we want to go, you know, it's one of the things I want to emphasize here is don't wait for us, you know, but it's really simple to pull a counter pad and say, go get me all my part numbers with a cost and a list, and I highly suggest the year sale because then subtracting the cost from the list in an Excel spreadsheet and then dividing and coming up with a profit margin based on that suggested retail That'll tell you very quickly, it doesn't take long, probably maybe 15, 20 minute investment on any of you that don't happen to be you know, Ford, Subaru, or BMW, pull it up and take a look for yourself. Um, I tend to see our Toyota dealers that we deal with, they seem to hold about 40%, so I guess that's why they've been at the bottom of the line, is not only do I never hear about Toyota dealers calling in their state all of a sudden is giving them, you know, cost plus 80%, you know, um, whereas we do with other manufacturers because Toyota bit the bullet three years ago 
and just said we're paying straight retail on warranty, I don't hear anybody complaining at a Toyota store, Mike. Okay. Uh, and one more question before we go back. Okay. Um, how does all this discussion of matrix pricing affect our wholesale business? That's what we're going to deal with in the last 15, 20 minutes here. Okay. You have a recommendation for what the uh, markup should be for what they call captive parts or captive business that these are the repairs where the customer has to come to the dealership to get it done uh, because it's just the nature of the repair. Only a dealer is going to be able to do it. Okay. To answer that question, Mike, first off, thinking back to the gentleman who got shopped, you can even get shopped on, on competitive parts, but it's a very good question. But, um, you know, how often do you want to see that customer back? You know, and, you know, there's a fair price, and that's where, again, um, the best answer I have for them um, is whatever the market will bear. Uh, case in point being, Mike, and I, I brought this story up, but, you know, it had a lot to do back when I became a fixed ops director back in 1996. I hired in a consultant, and we went through a you know, few things in service, but we also worked on a pricing matrix. And as we implemented the escalator table that I felt very comfortable with and uh, that I, I was very happy with, we implemented it. After about 30 days, I saw my gross profit increase a little over 1%. And the consultant, he called me back and he said, how did that escalator work? I said, it worked great. You know, I got my, my gross up just over a percent. He goes, did anybody complain? I said, no. He goes, bump it again. Bump it 2% in each category. I went, what? He goes, just do it. I did that for three successive months. We got our gross up about 4%, and I felt very comfortable at that point that I wasn't ripping my customers' heads off and that we still remain fairly competitive. So, Mike, it, you know, that's the one thing about a pricing strategy, whether you're in a major metro, whether you're in the middle, you know, of, you know, uh, farmland or something like that, all of that is going to have some type of an implement, some type of impact based on the pricing strategy that you implement. What you want to make sure of, you know, the one thing I can emphasize most in that question is your pricing is never written in stone. Remember, they change them day in and day out. To make an oil filter $6.95 this month and $8.95 the next month and then go back, nothing says you have to keep a price at a certain amount or an escalator set a certain way. And if there was one valuable lesson I got from that consultant was that, just because I was happy with it didn't need, mean it had to stick. I had to consistently review and evaluate. Hopefully that helps. Okay, thank you. And one more question before we wrap up. Okay. Um, are your clients, do you see your clients trying to expand their wholesale business these days uh, or just hold on to what they have or actually try to shrink it? That's a great question from one standpoint. We, we have a couple of wholesale customers <laughs> that are $3 million operations that are very efficient. And we have uh, probably more than two dozen clients that refuse to be in the sheet metal business. Again, it all really depends on the market you're in. And the most important thing I can emphasize when it, when it comes to wholesale this day and age, especially dealing with body shops, is you got to go into it with your eyes wide open. 
And what I mean by that is if you've got some large operation in your town uh, that, um, and, and I used to say this, Mike, being, you know, a huge Chrysler store and the largest Chrysler parts operation in the country for several years back in the early 90s, my, my whole argument was I had the trucks, the inventory, and the people, and when someone would try and compete with me, I'd say, hey, pony up. You, too, can put in a million and a half dollar inventory and try and compete with us. Good luck. Um, so with that being said, you know, getting into the wholesale operation, you know, the investment, the time, and the energy that it takes uh, should be reviewed uh, very carefully if you haven't really increased your business. A lot of times I see counter, you know, they'll hire a counter person from another dealership that, you know, brings a lot of different clients to them. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, uh, that person tends to leave or gets a few more bucks from another dealership and takes the clients with them. And next thing you know, you're left holding the bag. So you really have to be careful this day and age. I, personally, I think the most money and, and the best money with the best return on investment by far is in the mechanical arena, not the sheet metal arena. If you're in the sheet metal arena, you have to be in it full-fledged, and there's a lot of different things you have to do to make insurance companies and body shops happy this day and age with very little profit. All right. Thank you, Chuck. And with that, uh, I'm Mike Bowers for Dealer's Edge. We'll be signing off for now, and I hope you can join us next week. Uh, be a little change of pace for the accounting people in the controller's office, uh, and we'll look at uh, how to consolidate back office operations if you have a multi-franchise and multi-location business. I uh, hope you can join us then.